So we'll turn to John chapter 16, verse 7. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. In fact, Josh went around this this morning. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Father, thank you that you have indeed sent us the Holy Spirit and that that the Holy Spirit has been at work in this world, through in your people, in our lives, accomplishing your purpose in bringing many sons to glory, in bringing, uh, in, in, in bringing the conviction of sin, the conviction of righteousness, and the conviction of judgment in, in my life and in the lives of, of my brothers and sisters here. Just commit the time this morning as we share that it would be uh, from you and what you would have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so one of the things that I have def- have been realizing more and more, it's not something I did not know, it's just I'm seeing it more and more, is the fact that I cannot uh, bring my children to the Lord. I can share Christ with them. I can teach them and I can train them. But unless the Holy Spirit does the work in their life, it's not going to amount to anything. And so, we were reading this a couple weeks ago. Uh, in this passage in John 16, which is very familiar, and I've passed over it many times, but I've never actually spent a lot of time studying it. The Holy Spirit is, is the, the person in the Trinity that is the hardest to understand, partly because uh, there's so many different views and perspectives on what being filled with the Spirit is or whatever else. But I'd like to talk this morning about the work of the Holy Spirit in conviction. Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which I always go to because uh, it's often dictionaries have removed a lot of truth in their definitions, which actually I probably would find this definition in dictionaries now, but talking about convicting, to determine the truth of a charge against one, to prove or find guilty of a crime charged. That's one. The next, the number two, to convince of sin, to prove or to determine to be guilty as by the conscience. Um, it, it gives the reference John eight nine uh, that uh, the the when Jesus was with that woman and and who had been caught in adultery and he wrote on the ground and then 
they were all convicted by their conscience and they left. Um, to show by proof or evidence. That's what conviction is. So when we read here, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He is going, he, the, the, it's the Holy Spirit who, who shows, who proves, who demonstrates this is the case. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. There are many different things that we look at and we say that is a sin. But all sins boil down to one thing. Does anyone know what all sins boil down to? Disobedience. What's that? Who's in charge? Disobedience. Here he says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And obedience, if, if we go into Hebrews, we see that obedience, and what was the other thing you were saying, Michael, what did you say? Uh, who's in charge? You see that very clearly exhibited in belief, unbelief, obedience. It, it all, really those answers are correct. But, so the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Right? So sin is the first one. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. So if we could look in John chapter 3. I was finding as I was preparing that really I could find many things in John that point to these three things. And so we'll be in John a little bit, but not as I'm not I don't plan on doing as often I read a lot of verses. I'm still going to read verses, but hopefully not as many today. John chapter three, starting in verse sixteen, sixteen through eighteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but then in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And so when it comes down to it, when, our, when, when, when the Heavenly Father looks, he looks and he says, do they believe in my son? Yes, no. Right? And so this conviction of sin, the Holy Spirit has to move to convict of this unbelief. And if we could look in John 8, 21, which actually is soon after uh, what I read earlier about the woman caught in adultery. It's still in that same, or, or, or uh, in that same area. 
Starting in verse 21, he is talking to the Pharisees. He said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So it's the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of sin. Because if we do not believe in him, we will die in our sins. Now, the emphasis needs to be on the fact that when we do believe in him, we have eternal life with him, right? Uh, so, that, so that's the first thing. The spirit convicts of sin. And, and, and when we talk about sin, all the rest of the things that we talk about of sins, lying, stealing, you can go into you know, all the things that it's like, you know, it gets progressively worse. It all really comes down to, do I believe that Jesus has taken care of my sin? All right. The second thing the Spirit is going to convict us of is, 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 uh, is righteousness. And, and it says, righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And this is the one that I always was like, I don't completely understand this. And mostly because I didn't actually study, like look into it more, but it's like, what does, how does that have to, what does that have to do with righteousness? In Matthew 5, Jesus said, Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And when we look at the scribes and the Pharisees, they were living outwardly righteous. You could not find a people who followed the law any better. Now, I know that you know they, they would find ways around the law, but if you look at those who are following the law, they were following the law. And he says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I'd, I'd like to read verse 21 in chapter 8 again. It says, I am going away and you will seek me. And you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. Why? Well, where was he going? He, he told them he was going to the Father. He was going back to the Father. But to kind of expand on that, or expand, expound on this, uh, the reason we know that our Lord Jesus was righteous is because he went to the Father. Anyone else who dies in their sin dies. And they don't go to the Father. 
but our Lord Jesus did go to the Father. So if we could look in 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. And then down in verse uh, 21, Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. God raised Jesus from the dead, and he is with the Father now. He is righteous. Let's look again and look at something else in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21. But now, now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law through our Lord Jesus. Now, there's another thing that shows, you know, we know that he went to the Father. Because he, his promise was, if I go to the Father, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And he did send the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that when we, after we talk about the third thing that the Holy Spirit convicts of, and that is judgment. Hebrews 9 says, it is appointed to man once to die, and then the judgment. What does, it, what does, what does, John, what does it say as far as the Holy Spirit's conviction of concerning judgment? He says, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. When our Lord Jesus went to the cross, he took the penalty for our sins. He was not judged in the sense that he, he took the penalty for our sins. But the ruler of this world was judged. And, uh, I, I, I like, in, in, in John chapter 12, so right before he, you know, this is right before he dies. In John chapter 12, let's start in verse 27. 
He says, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came for heaven, from heaven, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. I have, that's where Joshua was this morning talking about the ruler of this world, right? And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. So, so let's talk about the importance of these convictions because they all have, they all have to work in us and, and, and have worked in us for those of us who believe we had to come to this conviction that only the Holy Spirit can give. I'd like to share about the first time the Holy Spirit came out of Acts chapter 2. We know the story. The, the disciples were gathered in the upper room, 120. And then all of a sudden the Spirit came on them. They go out into the streets and they're all speaking in different languages. And people are saying, whoa, I can understand them in my language. And, and everyone's saying, you know, we all can understand them. And, and they're like, what's going on? Do they have de- demons? You know, are they drunk? What? I don't, did they say demons? They did talk about drunk. Anyway, basically, what's wrong with these people? And Peter gets up, and Peter gives this message. And to, uh, I don't think Peter could have given this message the day before. I really don't. But he could, because the Holy Spirit had come. He gives this message, and he shares about Christ. And he shares about the, the, the work that the Lord did and then he, and then bringing our Lord Jesus, you know, Jesus Christ and you killed him. Right? You, you know, as he said, the, 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 uh, in verse, uh, uh, what's that? 23? He said in verse 23, uh, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. And then he, then, but then when you go down in verse 32, it says, This Jesus God raised up and of that all of, we are all witnesses. But then in verse 36, and this is really where I, I want, you know, it says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Why were they cut to the heart? Because the Holy Spirit was working in them. If this had happened the day before, I'm not, you know, the Holy Spirit was not there working in them, but the Holy Spirit came and 
And the, and they're sharing and the conviction comes. And 3,000 were added. I've been convicted myself of how much I do not pray that the Spirit would be at work in the lives of my children, in the lives of those I love who don't know the Lord, in the lives of those I love who do know the Lord. Because, and even being at work in my life, to work out this this reality of of these things, you know, of the of of really seeing my sin for what it is and unbelief, really seeing it is His righteousness, it's His righteousness, and seeing that that I don't have to worry about the ruler of this world if I believe. If I don't believe, I'm still with the ruler of this world. So there's a so there's the aspect in, in my heart that I need to be ever more before the Lord and be praying to the praying to the Holy Spirit, which is something that I pray. I I'm just uh, I pray to the Father and I pray to the Son. You know, as far as prayer goes, I don't really pray to the Holy Spirit. And I was actually uh, earlier this week. Uh, Brother Rod sent an email to, I mean, that I was on to a few brothers that, and he, and his thing was, Blessed Holy Spirit was how he started his talk to the Spirit. And I was like, oh, that I had that, where I would, would really have the, you know, be before the Holy Spirit, before the Father, before the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit being working in my life, that then, the conviction would come, whether through my life and also, you know, the Holy Spirit being on me can, can lead to conviction, but also the Holy Spirit then being working in, in the lives of, of my children and others. Um, so I'd like to just share one application, maybe a long one. Um, because I, I want to spend some time in First Corinthians chapter one. Because what is our responsibility? Uh, if we say that the Holy Spirit has to do the work of conviction, that does not release me from responsibility. Um, it does release me from changing their heart. In fact, uh, a good friend of mine called last night, and I haven't talked to him for a little while, and so it was a good, very good uh, conversation. But we were talking about how if someone's heart changes apart from the Holy Spirit, that's what leads often, and not not heart change, but like they change something apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. That's what often leads to legalism. I do this because it's the it, it's the right thing to do, and you've convinced me. But there's no there's no work in the heart by the spirit, and all the, and all that eventually does is they become bewildered and wonder why is why why is my life really not changed or, or whatever. Uh, in First Corinthians chapter one. And you're going to find it strange that I start here, but I'm starting in verse 10. 
I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. And then he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, I'm people saying, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus, I'm a Peter, I'm a Christ. And then, and then, he, and then he himself says, you know, I did not, really, I did not baptize many of you, um, you know, and, and whatever. This, then he says in verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Uh, I'm going to go down to to chapter 2. No, I'm not. Um, Verse 30, and because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We need to preach Christ and him crucified. And if we start to put anything else onto others, or, or uh, make it Christ plus, I uh, we went to a wedding yesterday uh, in a Catholic church, and I really I appreciated the wedding, um, but but then you know, and then they talk about love of Christ, and 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 I know there are many Catholics who love the Lord and really believe, and and truly are part of the body of Christ. But then they got into this saint and that saint and the other saint blessing this thing and, and things like that where it's just like, and I'm, I, I'm, uh, they're adding. 
when we add, when we, in, 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 in the, in sharing Christ with our children, what is it they need? They need Him. They need His work on the cross. Uh, yes, I have to teach them and train them to be obedient. I have to, you know, in disciplined, but, but what is it they need? More than anything is, is the life of Christ, Him crucified. That they recognize their need for Him. I need to believe in Him. His righteousness. The fact that, that, uh, I, I, I forgot something. Uh, in judgment, let's go back to judgment for a second because I realized in, in, um, I, I quoted in Hebrews that the fact that, after, you know, it's appointed to men once to die and after this the judgment. But then, and this is in Hebrews chapter 9, but, but then, um, verse 28 in chapter 9 says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And so in being convicted of judgment, we we see that in Christ, he has taken and judged, and we are in him. The ruler of this world is judged, but we are in him. And so, in the conviction of judgment, recognizing if I'm not in him, I'm being going to be judged with the ruler of this world. Okay, uh, that kind of threw my train of thought off, but I'm back to what is it, what is the, the, the it that the children, they need to see, I need Christ. And, 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 and then, then he can start to deal with their sin and everything else. Um, and I need to be able to continue to, to point them to Christ. Not to obey because I told them to, which is very easy as a parent. Obey because I told you to. And sometimes, and, and I say it, so I, I, I uh, all of you know my children, so you know that I'm not up here telling you things that I don't also have to struggle with. Uh, so I want to go back then for a second to this thing of division, this matter of division. Division comes when we 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 get past, you know, it's like let's look at these other doctrines, and I don't I don't have the same I don't see it the same as you do. Do you believe in Christ and Him crucified? All those other doctrines can be sorted out. But if both of us are standing in the blood of Christ and recognizing I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, each of us recognizing our sin and our need for Him, that's where the unity comes. But what's hap- what, what happened in the Corinthians is that they could not, and I, I want to keep reading here, they were stuck back because they could not get past certain things that were causing division. Christ and him crucified. So then it says in verse 6 of chapter 2, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Uh, I, I'd like this uh, in each of this. This here speaks to that third thing, right? That judgment. The rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. 
But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So now we're going, this is now after that conviction that has to happen through the Spirit. The Spirit brings us on, searching everything, even the depths of God. But it is impossible for the Spirit to show us the depths of God if we do not first come to that conviction of sin and the turning to him and believing in him. And so, with my children, with anyone that you're, that does not know the Lord and sharing with them, you, the, the cross, the Christ and him crucified needs to be there, needs to be our focus, our recognition of our sin, his righteousness, and the fact that we can, that, that if one, if we do not, we will be judged. And if we do, instead of judgment, we're coming in, he's, he's bringing us to be with him, right? Um, but after this conviction, now we can go on to know him. Um, but, Never, we, we cannot, we can never lose the, that fact though of where my standing is. The division comes when I start to, I, I start to think, well, we don't see things the same. We can't fellowship with you because we don't see it. Another thing, we sat with someone last night who was Catholic and we had good fellowship. I really believe he knows the Lord. Um, and, because we can fellowship around Christ and him crucified. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And the Spirit works in us. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. And that's why we need to pray for our children, that the Spirit would work in their lives. We need to pray for each other, because... Uh, we are prone to wander um, and and share Christ with those who we come into contact with, but also recognizing we cannot, we cannot convict anybody, convince anybody of their need for Christ. Um, our lives can, and the words can, in the Holy Spirit's working, but only in the Holy Spirit working. 
and and my you know back to that first day after Pentecost, right? If if that had been a few days before and before the Holy Spirit came, does it matter what Peter shared? I, I don't think it does. I think Peter could have shared. I, again, I don't think he was ready to share then, but he could have shared all of those truths, and it would have done nothing because the Spirit was not working. Oh, Father, how much we need you, need your Holy Spirit working in our hearts, that we would be one, those who who preach Christ and him crucified, starting with our own life, that those around us would see our, how we much we need the cross of Christ and how it is all about Christ. Uh, so that the Spirit might work. We, uh, we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name.